Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the G Perspective. I am your host, George Michael Perez, aka G Mike. You guys know what it is, baby. You know where you can follow me on Twitter at George Mike Perez, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at G Mike Media underscore. And the show, the audio version of this podcast, can be found on all podcast platforms under the G Perspective. You can watch, obviously, on YouTube, you can watch the Zoom live version. So if you want to see me making some ugly ass faces or something like that, you already know where to go watch it. Today, we are talking about football and only football when it comes to the Super Bowl and some other crazy stuff. I got my dude, my classmate. This guy's going to be a crazy analyst for the NFL in the years to come. He's been on the show before, Justin Frazier. Justin, how you doing, my man? Blessed, bro. Appreciate you having me on once again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're already becoming a regular on here, man. They already know your face, bro. They know who, what you're going to come, what you're going to bring, dude. So, you know, you got to bring it today. I'm bringing extra today. I, bring, I watched a lot of film this week, so I'm bringing something else to the table today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're in Super Bowl week on Sunday. The Rams will host the Cincinnati Bengals for the Super Bowl at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But before we jump into that, let's get into something a little political and a little a little crazy that I, I think is going on in the league. is a little uh, conspiracy theory that's going under the league. But... Brian Flores lost the head coaching job to Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith was a coach of the Chicago Bears before. He was the defensive coordinator for the Houston Texans, if I'm not mistaken. And then he just got the head coaching job. Am I correct or am I wrong on that? Uh, You're correct. correct. So real quick, before I get your thoughts on it, I just want to say that I think it's crazy how Brian Flores, he only had three seasons as a head coaching uh, position for the Miami Dolphins. And yeah, it wasn't a winning career with the Miami Dolphins because he had one, it was 24 and 25 his record. So it was a losing record, but only obviously under one game. But Lovey Smith, we've seen what he did with the Chicago Bears and it was not good at all. Why is it? that Lovey Smith got this head coaching job in your eyes than Brian Flores. I think it's a patch, like it's like a a band-aid, essentially. Like you ever seen that meme? Like somebody slapped something over the leaking water or whatever it is. I don't know. But <laughs> it's something like that. But man, not to get too deep into it, because I could go on for, for ages about minority coaches not getting their just due. But Lovey probably got the job because Houston knows they won't be good. They're eventually going to have to trade Deshaun Watson. And so they're like, all right, well, in a way, like, F it here. <laughs> like, you're just here to take it. Especially because last year you look at them hiring David Culley. David Culley actually did a solid job. Like, no one expected Houston to have wins over the Texans. I mean, sorry, over the Titans. Um, So just – I really just feel like it's an F it thing, like, just – Give, giving us giving minority coaches just something to hang on to and they'll probably fire him at the end of the year 
Yeah, I think it's something like a little much deeper than that. I think it has to do with the whole uh, Brian Flores suing the NFL for uh, um, basically racism towards his interviews on trying to get a head coaching position in uh, for the New York Giants, for the Houston Texans. And I'm pretty sure there's another team out there, but I just can't think of an, uh, the other team at the top of my head. But he's filing charges against the NFL because of racism in the interview. So I think that him doing that is putting a huge target on his back. I don't think that he's ever going to get a coaching position again in the NFL just because of that in the next coming years. I'm not going to say forever, but in the next coming years, maybe like two or three years, and maybe after that, he'll finally get one. But I think that is the main reason why he did not get the head coaching position because I honestly think Brian Flores is a way better coach than Lovey Smith. Certainly is. Brian also, let's just start from the jump. Brian shouldn't have been fired from Miami as they were doing. They did well in his time. Like you said, it didn't equate to playoff appearances or anything like that. But let's just look at the Dolphins roster from the three seasons he was there. The first year they were there, they were projected to have the one pick. They ended up winning about six, seven games. Second year, Tua was battling injuries, and you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you don't know who's starting. Here's that. Here's this. And then this year, they got off to a slow start, but they went on a seven-game win streak. I just don't think I, – I agree with you. Brian is an amazing coach. I think any team would be lucky to have him. But, yeah, he kind of – he's about to get blackballed in, like, a, a Kaepernick way for sure. He won't get – he probably won't get a job for a while. Yeah. And then when it comes to the lawsuit himself, when they go to court and all that, um, I really don't think that he's going to win that lawsuit just because in this nation, if you got money, you got power. And these NFL teams, NFL league, uh, they got so much money compared to obviously Brian Flores. So they got so many resources at their hand when, when it comes to this case. And you know, Brian Forrest, I get, I get it. The when when you have this type of situation that you're saying that these people are being racist towards you, you know, like ninety five percent of the time it's true, yes. right? But the thing is, is that you gotta step back and think, like, wow, can I actually win this case? Can 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 I actually take these people to court and get? Uh, head coaching position later on can i get some money off of it can i win this case overall no i don't think that you're gonna win this case i think that that's that was a long shot that he took i give him props for taking it because he felt disrespected and i'm pretty sure there is the racism tactic going against him 100 percent. these owners out here and they probably still look at people like undermine them and stuff like that but you know that, that that that's a really long shot that he's what he's trying to do and trying to sue the NFL for that. It definitely is. Hopefully, like you say, hopefully get some money, like in a settlement or something. I will hope. Like I don't know exactly what happened. I don't even know when it starts, but I just hope he gets something. I hope one day he does get another job. Yeah, facts, facts. I hope one day he does get another job because I do think he's a fantastic coach. I think that he actually can lead men to win football games, unlike some other coaches out there. You know, like my head coach right now, Mike McCarthy, I don't think that he could lead freaking men to win games. I think the Dallas Cowboys were winning games on their own, and Mike McCarthy was there on the sideline making faces like some shit like that, you know? But 
Yeah, hopefully Brian Flores, you know, again, I, I don't think he's going to win that lawsuit, but hopefully he does get another head coaching position later on in the future. Now, you know what it is jumping into the biggest event of the year, the biggest event for football of the year, and it is this Sunday. We got the Rams hosting the Bengals, like I said before. Real quick, before we get into all the lettuce cheese meats of it let's stick to the bread on paper what team is better in your eyes on paper the rams are better i don't know how deep you want me to go but uh <laughs> talent wise you know they the quarterback is kind of a wash you know receivers can be a wash but then you look at just overall talent from stafford to odell beckham to cooper cup to aaron donald jalen ramsey von miller even leonard floyd these are game-changing players the Bengals have a few of those, like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, excuse me, and Jamar Chase. But on the defensive end, they don't really have what the Rams have. So, and yeah, the Rams are just a better team overall, better, in my opinion, everything, even coaching. So, well, the coaching is a huge advantage. But yeah, the Rams are a better team on paper. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But what I like about the Bengals is that they don't have big time names out there. But these players, they play hard and they do not quit. They don't care who they're playing against. They don't care what the score is. They don't care how much time is left on the clock. They will play to their last breath. They will show you their blood, sweat and tears. And they will try to bring out a win like we've seen throughout these whole playoffs. No one thought the Bengals were going to get up to this point. I mean, obviously, that's appreciate to say because there's probably some people that did think that but let's say the majority did not think cincinnati was going to make it this far let's be honest though the people that said the Bengals were going this far are either cincinnati fans that were delusional which at the time or family members of the players that's about it yeah yeah no and if you're a cincinnati Bengals fan or, or, or any any fan of any team, you got to think that your team's going to go to the Super Bowl. You got to bring that positivity out there into the world. I mean, I was the same way with the Dallas Cowboys, but, you know, I was just delusional. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It should be a common thing in the fan base of the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, but you cannot compare me to other Cowboys fans. I'll I tell you right now. I won't. I won't. You don't want to do this. Well, when it comes to the Rams versus the Bengals, let me hear what are your key important aspects of the game for each team to win. We'll start off with the Bengals first, just because they're probably the underdog of this game. The Bengals is actually simple. You protect Joe Burrow, right? That's it sounds, <laughs> it sounds simple, but it's been very difficult. Something that we all know. Nine sacks in the in the division round against Tennessee. He got one sack. They luckily only got one sack against Kansas City, but he was hit four times. He was pressured. Kansas City actually should have had more than one sack, but they couldn't bring him down. This is a different night. This is a different nightmare, though. You have Von Miller. You got Aaron Donald. You got Leonard Floyd. You got other guys like Greg Gaines. These are people that can get to the pass. They can get to the quarterback with just rushing four. They don't have to blitz you. They don't have to send all different types of crazy blitz packages it's those four they can come get you and with the Bengals offensive line that's probably what they will do they won't have to try to be crazy try to do different things corner blitzes safety blitzes it's probably going to be those four rushing all game trying to get Joe Burrow and it'll be up to the Bengals offensive line and on the defensive side of the ball they're going to have to find a way to replicate in the secondary 
the great performance they had against the Chiefs in the second half. The difference is Mahomes got a little rattled because he Pat can get a little antsy. I don't know if Matthew Stafford will get antsy. He will probably play boring ball. There were there were plays out there for Patrick to make that he just didn't make. Yeah. And also, Anthony didn't adjust. Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford, I feel like Sean would adjust, and I feel like Matthew Stafford will play boring ball. He'll take the little dump offs. He'll take this. I don't think you can play them the same way. And then lastly, because I know I'm rambling, shout out to Lou and, and Arumo. I believe I always said his name right. He's the defensive coordinator for the Bengals. He's very he's very good. Like People will be like, oh, I don't know, looking at stats and where their total defense is ranked. He's very good at adjustments. You look at the Kansas City first half, they were getting they were getting whooped. He, in both games they played Kansas City this year, the first half they're getting whooped, come out second half, hold them to in the first game they played, I believe they held Kansas City to three points. And in the second game, they also held to three points. So it's just he's very good at making adjustments. He's a very reactionary coach on the fly and making adjustments. And so it'll be a chess match between him and Sean McVay to try to see who gets the edge between the Rams offense and the Bengals defense. Yeah, so just sticking with the Bengals defense for now, right? My thing with the Bengals defense is that if they start off slow like they do in most games that they've been in this season, in the fact that they let the other team score two, maybe two touchdowns and maybe a field goal, I think that's where the game is going to go out of whack. Yes, they make great adjustments, but against an offense like this, it's just... Obviously, Kansas City is a great offense, but you saw it throughout the whole game that it was just Patrick Mahomes wasn't on the same on the same mentality of how he normally is in that second half of that uh, conference game. Now, the Rams, the Rams, I feel like they, they, they're not going to get to that point. It's going to get either. Yeah, they did it against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but obviously that's Tom Brady, man. Uh, Tom Brady came back and, you know, he did the thing against the Rams. But Cincinnati's offense, I don't really uh, – Cincinnati's defense, I'm sorry. I don't think that they'll hold the Rams to that. And if the Rams get up by, like, two touchdowns and a field goal, like I said, I think that the game is going to be over with and done with quick. Very much so could. I, but like I said, I thought the same thing with Kansas City. I thought it was over with. Pat looked like he was on another level that day. He come out the second half, it was like Pat was an imposter. So hopefully, um, hopefully if the Rams do get up, they don't blow the lead because uh, they'll become a, a huge meme, just like the Falcons. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, man. No, and – how you touched up on it before that defensive line for the Rams is going to be all up in Joe Burrows's face. He is not going to run past that. He's not going to psych them. Nothing like that. That offensive line has to wake up because if not, Joe Burrow is going to get sacked at least like 10, 11 times like they did against uh, Tennessee. But the difference is, is that dif- this defensive line is on a crazy tear compared to Tennessee. If you you think that Joe Burrow will be able to go outside the pocket and make some plays on the, this defensive line? Absolutely. Um, Joe is a gamer. That's what that's what makes the Bengals so dangerous. They kind of follow the swag of their quarterback. They all have their own individual swag, but like Joe Burrow, uh, he's got he's called Joe Shiesty for a reason. So he likes to get hit too. Like the more he gets hit in games, it seems like the better he plays, or at least maybe not like it. But he you know, it gets him going. Yeah, he gets amped. Yeah, I get what you're saying. 
eventually I do think he'll escape the pocket here and make a play there. But the Rams have such an athletic defensive line. Von Miller is, I'm sure people have seen, if you watch Von Miller for the past 10 years, he is like, he just bends in these crazy positions to get to the quarterback. Aaron Donald's a great athlete. Leonard Floyd's a great athlete. They have speed. Um, he's he's going to have his work cut out for him, but I do think he'll make some plays if, if he does escape the pass rush. Yeah, the only the only way that I think he makes some plays if he stays in the pocket. If he runs outside and he tries to get outside off of a Von Miller's side or or the other side, I don't think that he's going nowhere. I think he's going to get sacked, or if not, maybe do a mistake, throw an interception off a deflected pass. I do not think that he's going to do any work if he goes outside the pocket. Now, if he stays in the pocket, he could stay in between those players and stay on his feet for like three to five seconds to find someone open, I think he'll be making plays like that, but he's going to be throwing the ball on a quick tear. He's going to have his uh, receivers either doing slants, a lot of uh, five and ins, five and outs, maybe screen passes. I don't think that the long ball is going to really work for him like that just because of that pass rush defense, that that defensive line is just going to get to him quick. Now, if that happens and Jalen Ramsey's on Jamar Chase. You think Jamar Chase is going to outdo Draylon Ramsey, or you think it's going to be the other way around? I'm glad you asked about this. This one has me going like, like I need to see this match up more than I need air right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there will be times where, like in any elite receiver, elite quarter matchup, where Jamar will get him. Jamar is a physical freak. Like he's got the speed, he's got the physicality. I always, I said before the draft, he's like if Des Bryant and Odell Beckham had a baby. So <laughs> that's like, he's very, he's very good at what he's good at. But Jalen sees a, a type of guy like that. His name is DK Metcalf. Like he sees that athletic freak. He's also seen Debo Samuel, somebody who's kind of built like Jamar. So he'll be probably more used to Jamar and how to guard him than Jamar will be in terms of going against the best corner in the league. Yeah, no, I feel like uh, Jalen Ramsey is going to really put uh, Jamar Chase on uh, on his toes and make him work for a lot of stuff. But Jamar Chase is too nasty of a player. He's too fast. He's too crisp with the route running. And in his hands, there's sticky glues out there, man. It's going to be tough for Jalen Ramsey to stop him. But if if Joe Burrow could get him the ball. Yep. Now, if Joe Burrow can't get him the ball, they're not going to really do much, you know? I don't, I'm not trying to get into it because I don't know. Are, are we doing the keys for the Rams? Hey, whatever you want to talk about, we're here. Super Bowl weekend. We're talking about the Super Bowl, baby. If I were the Rams personally, I would leave Jamar and, and I mean, I would leave Jalen on Jamar at least 85% of the time, 85, 90% of the time. And then I, I would have the rest of the defense play like a zone. So, like, because the rest of the defense, is, like, the corners are cool, but, like, it's still T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd over there. They can still make plays. So I would have the Rams defense play a zone, but Jalen's just going to be on the island that day, one-on-one with Jamar and let the best man win. Yeah, yeah. And, again, I don't want to disrespect Joey B because Joey B is a great quarterback, and he's another second coming of Tom Brady. I feel like he's going to do great things in this league. I think he's going to win multiple Super Bowls, multiple MVPs. He's going to do his thing. But right now against that 
defensive line, man. No, I don't think he's gonna do anything, bro. Yeah, he's gonna have a he's gonna have a touchdown or two. That's fine. Yeah, maybe like three hundred yards. Yeah, that's cool. But I don't think he's gonna overcome this adversity with this defensive line. And then Jalen Ramsey, like you said, being stuck on his number one uh, receiver the whole time, with maybe like a cover two zone, and just in case they try to go over the top, it's gonna be tough for them. It's gonna be tough for them, especially with that weak. Ass offensive line. <laughs> hey, George, you us out there at left and right tackle. I bet, I bet we do a better job than they do. <laughs> dude, dude, I'm not going to say that, but, bro, they look weak out there, man. Like, it, it is crazy. It is crazy. Like you said, though, I know you're about to say something about it. Like you said, they're probably scheming up quick passes, different things. They'll probably use a lot of screens. I'd say, like, five to seven, maybe eight screens this game from – Little halfback screens to Joe Mixon to little quick screens to Jamar Chase. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll get the ball in his hands really quickly. Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to jump into is Joe Mixon. I feel like they should use Joe Mixon a lot when it comes to the pass. Obviously, you're going to use him on the run. You, you got to mix up the game. You got to get the play action going. And you got to get the run game going. I don't think the run game is going to be going like that. But if you use them on the pass, I feel like that's going to work a lot because I don't I, I don't really think that the Rams linebackers are going to be doing as much work as the secondary is and as the defensive line is. But if you put Joe Mixon out um, on, on the slot to the right or slot to the left, whatever, whatever you want to do or put him next to you in the back and you make him do like a, a little five and out, a little screen or whatever, you dump it off to him, I think he could have a good game. I think he runs really well. He knows how to read the holes. He'll he'll get up the field, and he'll probably score for you multiple times. If you watch a lot of Rams games this year, you'd see at times they can be had in the screen game. If you even go back to the NFC Championship game, Debo Samuel had a touchdown on the screen pass. Yeah. So, I mean, just using different ways to, like you said, get Joe Mixon involved in more than just the run game. He was more of like an outside zone run to get him going because they actually had extreme trouble running on the Chiefs. I think he had 21 carries for 88 yards. So just using different ways to get him going and like having that extra threat to look out for because it's already three, four guys. Even CJ Uzama is going to be playing, it sounds like. So just. Like you said, dumbing out to Joe Mixon. Hopefully he can get like four or five-yard gains here, make it easy for on third downs. Yeah, we even get a first down or two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to see, I want to see what Cooper Cup and Odell do, because I think that's gonna be crazy Ooh. for them out there. I think Cooper Cup is gonna have like two touchdowns, maybe Odell one. They both go over 80 yards. I think I think they're gonna be a spectacular duel in the Super Bowl right now. What do you think? Let me tell you something right now. If they both go over 80, matter of fact. I'll do this. They both went over 100 yards in the NFC Championship game. If they do that, this game is washed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing the Bengals had so much success in was limiting the Chiefs passing game, which I just keep going back to the Chiefs. They're not going to have that same game plan for the Rams, I would think. But, like, Tyreek Hill had, I believe, no catches in the second half. Or if he yeah, did, he had zero, zero, I think zero targets in the second yeah. half. I mean, it just shows, like, for the Bengals, what I would do, because they have some underrated corners, at least for this season. Mike Hilton is a name everybody should know. He's their best. Or, no, Chidabi Awuzie is their best corner, but Mike Hilton is a really good slot corner, and you can put him on Cooper Cup, who mainly operates out of the slot. And Mike Hilton's allowed three catches all postseason. 
So you put him on Cooper Cup, that's like best on best. And then you have like Eli Apple for Odell when he's outside, or maybe even Cheetah Bay Woozie. His former teammate? His former teammate covering him? Yo. <laughs> I don't think he's in the favor of Eli Apple. No, hell no. <laughs> Eli Apple likes to talk a lot of trash, though. So maybe he knows about Odell. We don't. But I just think you limit Cooper Cup, and then you just got to hope Odell doesn't do what Odell has been doing. But then you still have to worry about Van Jefferson. You still have to worry about Tyler Higby. Like, the Rams also have their fair share of weapons. Yeah. I, I expect a lot of Mike Hill and Cooper Cup in this game. Yeah. Which is also, I just want to say, a very underrated matchup. Everybody, like myself, is hyped for Jamar and Jalen. I'm also hyped for Mike Hill and Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup is going to run circles around people out there. He's going to do crazy stuff like he's been doing all season. Um, I think if the Rams win... I don't think they give Cooper Cup the MVP because it's, it's more of a politi- political thing than anything. I think the quarterbacks win it most of the time. And I don't think uh, another player, another skills player or a defensive player has won it in a while. I don't know if you have that stat, but I don't know. The last defensive player to win Super Bowl MVP was Vaughn Miller, you know? Uh, okay. Okay. Against the Carolina Panthers. Yes, sir. So I just want to okay, you know. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. That tidbit in there. Yeah, I mean, little side note: the that year was just defensive year for you guys because that yeah. offense was not going. That yeah. offense was not going. Well, I do think I think hmm. you have a point where I think Cooper Cup or even Odell could be an MVP if you just because they're gonna have to kind of go off like they. They're just going to have to, especially Odell. Like, if Odell goes off, I feel like it would be a special performance, which he kind of even said in this week, in the interview this week, it's, he's come full circle because last year he tore his ACL against the Bengals with the Browns, and now here he is playing for his first Super Bowl, I mean, against the Bengals. So maybe he puts together a special performance and brings his Super Bowl MVP. I don't know. I think – I don't know the last receiver to get it, though, so I couldn't answer that question. Yeah, I don't remember a receiver winning it at all, actually. <laughs> I think Jerry Rice got like one, but I don't know exactly. Okay, okay. Well, what? Wh- let me let me hear your predictions on the game. Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to get MVP? And what do you think the score is going to be? I think the Rams will win. And I'm scared to say that because I, I doubted the Bengals the past two weeks. So <laughs> I think a lot of people doubted them. And it's like, bro, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. But I think the Rams' pass rush is just too much. And I really don't think their stars will let them lose. The Bengals are a really nice story. And, I, and they'll be around for a long time, especially with Joe Burrow. But it's just the mismatch in the trenches of the Bengals' offensive line having to guard, first of all, two of the greatest pass rushers of all time, Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Is I just don't see that working. I do think Jalen's gonna win his matchup against Jamar Chase. That's something. This is something this is a legacy game for a lot of the guys on the Rams. Like Matthew Stafford would instantly become probably a Hall of Famer. Odell Beckham would have at least a better chance at going to the Hall of Fame. Cooper Cup, that's a legacy game. Topping off an amazing season he had. Jay, uh, Von Miller could be a two-time champion. Aaron Donald could get his first championship, arguably making him the greatest defensive player ever. So it's just a legacy game. I don't think any of those stars will. Let them lose. I don't think that's just something that they have in their cars this week. Now, let me hear. A, let me hear a prediction score that you got. 
an MVP. Uh, I made my blog. I think it was 31-28 Rams, if I'm not mistaken. And my MVP, uh, I'm not even going to go with Matthew Stafford. I'm not even going to go that way. Because <laughs> then, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, I'm going to ride with Odell. Odell, Super Bowl MVP. Okay. I like that. I like that. I like Odell being Super Bowl MVP. That would be something after everybody wrote him off saying that he's underrated, um, that he's overrated. I'm sorry. He's overrated and he's not the same receiver he was. He was only good in New York because of that spectacular catch that put him all over social media and this and that. I'm like, yo, you guys are asleep, bro. This guy is an animal. This guy's a workhorse. This guy will get you points. This guy will get those catches. He will get those touchdowns. You guys are asleep. There are people that just because that that low key pisses me off. <laughs> right, got off one catch. Need to realize every record that Justin Jefferson is breaking right now, Odell owned that record. So please, it's more than one catch. Please know your history. Please, thank yes, you. yes. He was held back by Baker Mayfield, ladies and gentlemen. Can we like? Put that on the table. Can we talk about this more? Baker Mayfield is the one that was holding him back, not the other way around. Most definitely. So for me, you know who I got. I got the Rams. I got the Rams. Like I said, that defensive line is going to get to Joe Burrow a lot. I don't really think that they're going to let him do much. He's going to obviously put up his points because he's a spectacular quarterback. But I got the Rams winning. The score, I'll put 28-17. I think, yeah, their defense is going to stop them. I feel like, obviously, they're going to score and stuff like that, but the defense is going to stop them. I don't think they're going to be scoring, like, throwing touchdowns every five seconds or anything like that, you know? Um, Before you you give God, let me ask you a question. Okay, okay. Two different types of 28-17s. Is it like... 28 to 17 where the Rams are up 28 to 10 and then the Bengals get a late score or is it like 21 17 late in the game and then the Rams like score and put it away yeah I think it's gonna be tight I think it's gonna be tight through uh the first three quarters and then after that I feel like the Rams uh defense is gonna get after it they're gonna get on top of them they're gonna show them like look we're not coming here to play we're coming here to win in our home crib in front of our home fans in LA and I think they're gonna turn it up in the fourth quarter and they're just gonna come probably it's gonna be a late defensive touchdown that's gonna win the game and on that note I want to say that obviously I think that Matthew Stafford will get the MVP. Like I said, it's a political thing, and they'll just give it to quarterbacks. But I want to say that Aaron Aaron Donald gets the MVP because I think he's going to get, like, at least six sacks, maybe a forced fumble, a recovery fumble, and maybe he's the one to run the fumble to the crib late in the game to score the touchdown for them. If Aaron Donald has six sacks, he's getting MVP. I promise you. Yeah, he better. He better. Fuck. I ain't trying to see six sacks Aaron Donald and then Matthew Stafford throwing for 300 yards or three touchdowns and he gets MVP. 500 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. If Aaron Donald has six sacks and a strip sack, he's getting MVP. He has to. He has to. But you know how it is with that political Von stuff. Miller either, though. Don't sleep on Von Miller getting it either. He already, he already has one. He might get two. Yeah, yeah. I just think that... Just because Aaron Donald is younger, he's going to come out there on a spectrum and he's going to be flying everywhere. He's coming. You know? You know? Yeah, man. 
So, yeah, Super Bowl this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's on CBS, right, Justin? Uh, I think it's on NBC this year. NBC? Okay, okay. Well, hopefully hopefully we get to watch that together, brother, you know? <laughs> Tell him to let my boy George off work, man. <laughs> They're holding me hostage, man. Got to make this money. Sure. <laughs> hey, but I appreciate you coming on, Justin. Obviously, you already know that you could come on whenever you want. This is the third time you come on, so you are a regular here. The fans know you. You know they they follow you. They watch your stuff. I can't. I can't do basketball too, y'all. But you know, it's we not stopping football season. We getting right into scouting, right for getting ready for the draft. So I'll be here. Nah, that's what's up. That's what you're trying to go to. That's your lane, the NFL analyst lane, and I respect that. That's you know, if you're going to be good at something, might as well be the best at it, you know? That's the plan. That's the plan. Yeah. Well, real quick, before we get out of here, let everyone know where they can follow you, where they can watch all your content. Instagram, Freezy Sports. I think it's with a Z low-key because somebody took my name. <laughs> Twitter, um, Sports Freezy. And then TikTok, Freezy Sports again with, with an S. So... Yeah, I'll have the graphic put up there. Don't worry about it so they can see it. Guys, you know where you can follow me at George Mike Perez on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at GMikeMedia underscore. For the podcast itself, the audio version is available on all podcast platforms under the G Perspective. And obviously, if you want to look at the Zoom, like I said in the beginning, it's on YouTube. Go follow, go subscribe. Leave some comments, leave some ratings, talk your smack if you need to. If you want to make fun of me, that's fine. If you want to make fun of Justin, that's even funnier. You know, just go out there, write some comments, and let us know what's up. Justin, hey, I appreciate you, man, and your time. Let me know when you want to come back again, brother. I'll be back soon, I promise. (laughs) All right, man, take it easy.